Naperville, KMUE Eureka, KLAI Laytonville. And we have the Herb Doctors. Uh, welcome to Ask Your Herb Doctor. My name's Andrew Murray. My name's Sarah Johannesson Murray. For those of you who perhaps have never listened to the show, they run every third Friday of the month from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. Uh, and from 7.30 to the end of the show, 8 o'clock, uh, callers are invited to call in with questions uh, either related to the monthly topic or if they are Alternative questions uh, for Dr. Pete, uh, that's also uh, part and parcel of opening up the lines. Uh, really like to keep the questions on the topic uh, if we can, um, but let's see uh, where we go with this. So it's uh, 2021. Uh, we are very happy to join again and to uh, do the first show of this year. And I want to start first by uh, introducing Dr. Raymond Pete. Dr. Raymond Pete, you with us? Yes. Well, th thanks so much for sharing your time again in this uh, next year. Um, for those people that perhaps have never heard too much about you, um, as does happen, uh, would you outline your academic and professional background before I begin this evening? Uh, um, af after college, I spent several years uh, studying and teaching uh, linguistics and literature and painting, uh, and then 1968, I decided to go to graduate school in biology for a PhD, did my dissertation in 1972 on reproductive hormones and aging and the oxidative metabolism changes with aging have been one of my main themes ever since. Okay, and uh, you've been actively involved in uh, research uh, surrounding uh, especially things like progesterone and, like you say, aging uh, and the process by which cellular breakdown occurs and aging proceeds. And uh, I know you spent the better part of 40 years um, uh, researching and producing a lot of uh, reference articles. Uh, we'll give out the information right now. Uh, we'll do it at the end of the show too. But for people that are listening, uh, Dr. Pete's website is www.raypeat.com uh, so people should go there take a look at his articles you will find them uh, very informative um, <clears throat> so I was going to go in a certain direction uh, and Dr. P you're not aware of this because I haven't mentioned it to you but um, we're going to go in a certain direction um, this evening with um, some of the um, results of this last 12 months 
Um, uh, the last 12 months have seen this um, viral pandemic uh, move across the globe and all of the repercussions of which they're numerous uh, from financial, uh, economic effects, social effects, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Most anything you can think about has been directly impacted. Um, and the financial effect of this is something else that I just want to bring out as a subject for people to sit and think about. <laughs> I couldn't hardly believe, couldn't hardly believe what was happening up until a point. And um, most people are listening. Uh, if they've listened to the show before, uh, they'll know that um, Sarah and I were both uh, qualified naturopaths. Uh, we've got a degree in England in alternative medicine and herbal medicine, and uh, we're members of the uh, European um, professional body, the MCPP, as well as the uh, National Institute of Medical Herbalists. So I've spent the better part of 20, 22 years as an active um, practitioner of herbal medicine. Uh, California does give us that right as well, which is actually uh, quite significant because there's not anything too many other states that have actually uh, ratified the uh, ability to practice uh, like California has, which is um, you know, certainly a very inclusive state. Now, the other thing I wanted to say as a preface to what I want to question you about a little bit later, uh, Dr. Pete, is that um, the pandemic has resulted in many, many things, and one of which is the vaccine. And what I wanted, I was going to ask you uh, some questions surrounding this, but let me just first, let me first just tell, tell you this. Uh, I'm an unabashed Christian. I have no fear in saying that. And um, I freely will express my opinions when people ask, and I'm delighted to let people know more if they ask questions, and I don't certainly push it on anybody. Um, but what is very interesting is that you have to remember, and this is to the people that are listening, um, you have to remember that we live in a spirit world. It's not a physical, it's not purely physical world we live in. And the, uh, the spirit world is very active, and uh, from a biblical perspective, uh, we recognize the eternal, although it will have a final time, um, the battle between good and evil, and uh, why we have the inherent corruption in our world system. And banking is one of those main main areas in which power and corruption is principally held, and um, people suffer as a result of any kind of corruption. So what I wanted to bring out was the, in a roundabout kind of way, but I want you to do your own research, folks, and see what I'm saying. It's not just speculation or conspiracy. Uh, Dr. Pete, you're backed up with plenty of science, and most people who listen to the show know that we're not conspiracists and we're not alarmists, uh, but that we have science to prove what we're saying. Now, we've mentioned uh, Bill Gates' ID2020 program. Uh, we've mentioned the all the workings of uh, the last 40 or 50 years of industrialization and the culmination of which, not from a conspiracy point of view, but just think about the timeline and think about the end results. Um, this global pandemic, which you have said for many, many months, um, is really not justified in the science, but which seems to have a very unweighted impact of deaths versus causation and comparable to regular deaths happening around the world, but that fear of this disease, this influenza, has gripped the nation, and the leaders of each nation are gripping 
uh, <laughs> the, the uh, residents of each country, the citizens of each country, uh, into a state where lockdowns and authoritarianism has become very, very prominent. And the system under which we're living now has probably never been so authoritative uh, than it is at this point. Maybe since, oh, I don't know, maybe since some of the uh, draconian takeovers of people like Mao or Stalin. So, Dr. Peter, I just want to mention this as a paragraph just to get people thinking about the impact of what we're going through here and what we still have to go through. That, um, think about this sentence, and you can look at it yourself and, and work it out. The implantable quantum dot microneedle vaccination delivery system. Okay? So, they repeat it again. Implantable quantum dot microneedle vaccination delivery system. Now, in alphanumerics, A is 1, Z is 26, so every letter of the alphabet has a number. If you add up the numbers of that, well, I just said, implantable quantum dot microneedle vaccination delivery system, which is the way that a luciferase bearing, and we'll get into that, vaccination for COVID, which is being patented by Bill Gates, the number adds up to 666. And I want you to think from a spiritual perspective uh, rather than a physical perspective, because we do live in a spiritual world, that this is another way that we get told signs from God, as far as I'm concerned, that clearly show events. And uh, I think, I know it's not a religious show we do, but I just thought it was quite fantastic uh, that this, nothing happens by coincidence. I thought it was quite fantastic that this uh, method that's been patented by Bill Gates to deliver COVID vaccination to every member of the planet, if he can get away with it, uh, adds up to 666. And he's also patented a human uh, implantable device for buying and selling cryptocurrency with a patent number of 060606. So you can't make this stuff up, folks. This is real. Go look at it. It's not conspiracy. I'm not a nut job. Uh, Dr. Pete's got lots of evidence and science supporting what he says, and most people that see it see it for what it is. You know, if you're looking at a duck and it looks like a duck, it probably is a duck. So the perspective that we live in this spirit world and that this technology, luciferase technology, which allows uh, a phosphorylation, a glow, a visible light to be readable, that this vaccination technology is going to give this give people who accept this vaccination through this technology a very visible mark, and that the whole vaccine pro passport is tied into this very thing that will allow people to move about and to work, and ultimately with um, the currency being reduced to cryptocurrency or digital currency with the uh, abolition of paper currency, fiat currency, that this whole thing, as we've said, certainly seems to be some kind of a takedown of our what we understood as the normal banking world that we live in, the day-to-day, -day, and how things have been done is about to be taken over. And I don't want to underestimate that. But. I, I think conspiracies are very important in this whole thing of people who are interested in the effect of conspiracies on history should investigate the fact that the foundations, Bill Gates Foundation, Rockefeller Foundation, 
World Economic Forum uh, were predicting in great detail uh, more than a year before, as far back as 10 years previously, but uh, they were going into specific detail a year before there was any hint of a pandemic in 2019, they were detailing the need to destroy the present economy of lots of small and medium-sized businesses. They called that the legacy economy, the economy to be put entirely to rest. To allow a digital economy run by artificial intelligence to take over, they had to destroy the existing economies of the world, especially the United States, so that they could make headway against China was the argument. But the thing of replacing the real economy with a digital economy that doesn't exist to ask you about Dr. on KMUD Carnival 91.1 FM. Uh, from 7.30 to the end of the show at 8 o'clock, you're invited to call in the questions uh, about the ongoing situation with COVID and uh, vaccination and the science behind it. 
Uh, the number, if you are wanting to call in, is 707-923-3911. So, Dr. Pete, the, uh, I was kind of staggered to see that the patents that have been pulled out by the uh, Microsoft Corporation, of which apparently Bill Gates has distanced himself from, but obviously we know that's not exactly the truth, but um, they've already written extensive patents, not just, for, not just for drugs and vaccines, but extensive patents for this particular type of implantable quantum dot microneedle vaccination delivery system, which adds up to 666, a mark of the beast, uh, the, the number of man, and that they've also produced a patent for this uh, implantable device for buying and selling cryptocurrency. Uh, and the patent number, again, is 060606. I mean, I don't know who decides patent numbers, but everything, as far as I'm concerned, that we've seen and witnessed in the last 12 months has been right in your face. It's not been hidden. I don't believe any of it's really been hidden. And I think that is part and parcel of the spirit world that we operate in, is that actually most people are just not looking. But you know what? I think it's all designed to be right in your face, just like some of the uh, statements that are put out for certain things to make people decide one way or another way which way they're going to uh, uh, decide to go. That I haven't seen any statement uh, put out by the government regarding either the vaccine uh, or, or the pandemic, which is true. Uh, uh, and no one has brought forth a, a true statement uh, to, to challenge that idea. If they had a real vaccine and a method of delivering a viral RNA doesn't meet any of the definitions stated by the government describing a vaccine. By the government's own definition of vaccines, delivery of viral RNA doesn't meet their definition. But if they did have a vaccine, intradermal delivery would be the only biological basis for using a vaccine to create immunity. For example, the smallpox vaccine was given intradermally for thousands of years. And finally, when the World Health Organization decided to do it, uh, it was used to uh, eliminate the disease in a very short time. I think it was uh, something like a year and a half it took to uh, surround the vaccine out, the virus outbreaks, and uh, vaccinate the people exposed in a tighter and tighter circle until the disease no longer existed. That was done by intradermal uh, introduction of uh, antigens. Uh, that meets the definition of vaccine, but it's the only time the government has used a vaccine intelligently. Uh, after proving that you could uh, encircle a disease outbreak and bring the whole disease to an end, that wasn't economically interesting to any of the drug companies. 
terminating a disease finally, uh, they might get five years or ten years uh, of uh, vaccine sales, but you don't want to end your market uh, for a product. So they have totally directed the whole vaccination culture uh, away from using it logically to uh, eliminate that disease from the world. And uh, the uh, intradermal uh, vaccination uh, approaches the immune system in one of the three ways that we normally uh, encounter a disease, by inhalation, uh, by swallowing it, or by uh, having it rubbed into the skin, uh, uh, getting the infectious material on your skin, and then uh, having a break in the skin of some sort. Uh, those activate a many-leveled immune process. And the people who are effectively immune don't necessarily have antibodies showing that immunity because uh, every biological function uh, is part of our resistance to disease. Uh, when, when the organism is desperately lacking in energy, it uh, will resort to producing antibodies because uh, once you produce antibodies uh, against a particular disease, uh, you're opening the way uh, to create autoimmunity uh, because uh, the vaccine, uh, the, the antibody is recognizing a combination of your own tissue and the in infectious antigen. And uh, if you continue to uh, have lower biological energy, such as uh, under the influence of estrogen rather than progesterone. Uh, estrogen uh, profoundly increases the odds of having an autoimmune disease uh, because it pushes white blood cells to produce uh, antibodies. Uh, the only part of the uh, uh, naturally uh, immunity uh, immune system uh, is uh, the antibody, which is activated by estrogen, but uh, uh, not by uh, all of the things that really count in resisting infection. That's, um, yeah, I want to say, so basically you were saying about the vaccine that if they were delivering viral particles in a vaccine that was scraped into the skin, like the first successful vaccine that we know of, the smallpox vaccine, that that would be a much safer, more logical approach to curing people uh, or not even cure, preventing uh, Yeah, that, uh, that method involves the uh, thymus cells and many other types of cells along the way. Uh, and those can uh, take care of exposure to uh, uh, infectious particles uh, without needing to activate the, uh, the B cell uh, 
antibody production, uh, that type which is activated by estrogen or, or extreme deprivation of energy, so that you can uh, induce antibodies in a very uh, sick old person, for example, and you haven't necessarily done anything for the real immune system, the, the innate immunity that starts with your skin or bowel or respiratory membranes. So, Dr. Pete, I wanted to uh, let's, let's move on. Let's move on from that um, that paragraph that you've last said here about the vaccine that's been produced. Well, the many vaccines that have been produced. Let's just talk about um, one of the vaccines here that's known uh, to contain uh, fetal cells. Now, obviously, again, it plays into um, abortion and the origin of these cells in the first place to do this with, um, which is a very emotive subject for a lot of people, uh, and that this is part and parcel of uh, turning, I won't say <laughs> ignoring um, science, but it seems, it seems like a very, um, very sacrosanct um, thing to come to pass, that uh, they are using aborted fetuses and the cells within them to be part and parcel of uh, the machinery to derive a quote-unquote sufficient response. Um, any, any living cell, uh, human or otherwise, uh, can be infected without, the, uh, without producing any symptoms. Uh, it can be in infected with dozens or hundreds of viruses. Uh, so if you use uh, monkey cells at any point of, of the process of making a vaccine, uh, you, you could be uh, introducing a, a monkey virus. Uh, and the, the polio vaccine uh, that infected millions with a cancer-producing uh, uh, simian virus 40, uh, uh, that wasn't known until uh, someone uh, discovered it uh, because uh, they didn't think of looking for it. If you don't look for uh, uh, an infection or, or a virus particle in your vaccine, you aren't going to find it. Uh, but you would have to do the PCR test uh, for thousands of potential diseases uh, to know that the the vaccine was not going to give you a simian virus 40, for example. So uh, moving, moving on then to the technology, uh, let's talk a little bit about that. The, again, there's another apt name uh, for what seems to be a mark of the beast type uh, man created. And unfortunately, um, man does a lot of things that are very counterproductive as well as things that he does that are creative and uh, Unproductive, but uh, luciferase is the name of the enzyme. So, kind of, again, it's just almost too difficult to believe. But uh, Lucifer, being uh, you know the, the prototype of light um, from from the Bible, the early early discussions of Lucifer being cast down uh, as a, a lord of light. Um, the the technology that they're using, not wanting to use, they've already done it, but. Um, do you, would you like to comment on the technology of luciferase and its uh, application and 
any of its negative um, you know, results or how it's going to lead us into a certain direction that science is championing? If, if they're using it with a patch technology to uh, put it into the skin intradermally, uh, that's one tremendous virtue because anything you inject uh, antibiotic or, or vir uh, vitamin or uh, uh, vaccine, whatever, uh, creates a, a, an exposure that the organism never knew uh, uh, in, in any significant quantity until the intra, uh, uh, the hypodermic needle uh, was invented and, and then monopolized by doctors who, who then began saying that taking your uh, traditional uh, oral or transdermal or whatever uh, uh, botanical uh, uh, remedy uh, was, was uh, primitive and ineffective and that uh, any active drug had to be injected uh, either intravenously or, or intramuscularly. Uh, so uh, that's uh, a whole culture that was uh, invented as a way to take over and monopolize the whole system of medicine uh, suppressing the traditional methods in uh, the process uh, intramuscular introduction of all kinds of dirt and junk and antigens uh, became common uh, paralytic polio wasn't known until right after the introduction of hypodermic needles. And the following up on the paralytic aspect of what had been a gastrointestinal diarrhea-producing virus, they found that the breakout of paralytic polio coincided remarkably with uh, the uh, campaigns to vaccinate uh, for uh, something, uh, for basically anything or, or even uh, uh, things unrelated to, uh, to polio, but simply, uh, back, uh, simply injecting intramuscularly a, a large uh, population in an area if a person developed polio, it was usually in the arm or leg where they received the uh, intramuscular injection. And animal studies showed that uh, regardless of uh, uh, the real infection, uh, the paralysis uh, consistently uh, appeared most often in the arm or in the front or left or right leg or the rear or left or right leg, whichever uh, was the site of uh, in, in, intramuscular injection. Uh, so so the, the, the whole scheme of intramuscular uh, uh, vaccination uh, has danger built into it. Uh, so uh, shifting to uh, 
a patch would probably reduce the, the death rate from all, all sorts of related virus-related or apparently unrelated causes. But the, the Lucifer, luciferase, luciferin protein is sort of devilish, extraneous matter. It's something entirely separate from the the biological involvement of the immune system and and vaccine and so on. It's just entertainment for the World Health Center or the CDC, making it easier for them to track people. Okay, you're listening to Ask Your Doctor on Media Garbagal, 91.1 FM. Uh, the lines are open now, and you're invited to call. The number is 707-923-3911. Once again, 707-923-3911. Uh, Dr. Raymond Peake with us uh, discussing the uh, ongoing pandemic and uh, some pros and cons uh, of things that have come out of it. I don't know too many pros, but obviously uh, we've talked uh, at length about very innocuous substances that have been shown to be very effective uh, in uh, combating inflammation, which is the main hallmark of any severe uh, COVID-related um, difficulty, uh, respiratory difficulty. Um, I mean, we can quickly quickly go over them, but I want to carry on uh, looking at vaccine manufacture and the end result of this, uh, which uh, you know I think anybody with children can attest uh, to the massive numbers now of vaccinations that children are quote-unquote required to have, uh, not advised, but required, and in some instances cannot uh, attend school without, for example, um, gone from maybe a handful, one or two or three maybe, uh, in the late uh, 60s, early 70s, uh, perhaps even later, but uh, up to about 50-something now uh, in multiple rounds. And um, I know that you'd mentioned uh, the, well, let's talk about now. I mean, it's some, of these, some of these things that are in vaccines, we've already mentioned fetal cells, which really raises a very ethical question about the source of these cells and, and why on earth we're injecting them into our body, uh, followed by things like polyethylene glycol uh, used in the vaccine. And this was also, um, it's been associated with uh, idiopathic thrombocytopenia, which uh, several people in the news recently have died as a result. Uh, I'm not saying that everybody who receives this vaccine is going to die, but it's only been out a very short space of time, and already, there's already at least a half a dozen uh, cases that have been reported on, and I'm sure a lot more that have not been reported on. Because and as we Pfizer get, immediately uh, said that there is no uh, known connection between uh, uh, vaccination and that uh, particular uh, killing of the uh, platelet system. Uh, and uh, uh, several people have pointed out that the government uh, has that as one of their categories for compensating uh, vaccination damage, uh, and it has been uh, uh, something uh, between 
one in 25,000 vaccinations uh, and one in 40,000 vaccinations uh, with, with the uh, 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 measles, mumps, uh, 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 what is the third one? Rubella. Uh, uh, yeah. And uh, we have a caller. Okay, well, let's, let's hold that thought there for a minute, Dogs Pete, but let's just, uh, we'll circle back to it after this question, uh, relating it to the lack of free speech, apparently, at this point in time, and reporting uh, of free adverse speech, effects. Yes, um, because um, my, I know it doesn't sound scientific, but I do believe it is. Love is the vaccine that we're looking for here. You know, it's biological. It's at the root. Of Do you have a question for Dr. Pete? I, I couldn't hear it. Well, I don't Did know if she's asked a question yet. Do you have a question, caller? No, I'm just I'm oh. having a statement. All right, thanks for your time. Okay, so Dr. Pete, uh, to get back to the subject of uh, the increasingly uh, chilling effect of cracking down on free speech in terms of uh, the ability and the right um, for free speech, uh, First Amendment right folks, um, that reporting of these adverse, offense, uh, adverse events, uh, I wonder that we would hear as much as we would if there was a free uh, access to this information because, again, um, the Internet is rapidly becoming a very directed tool. And if you don't think that that's happening right now, then think again, folks, because... If you haven't already noticed, uh, just your regular browsing and searching for things is being channeled and funneled into a specific direction. If you want to try and find information about certain things, you just don't find it anymore. And I know Dr. Pete will bring this up very quickly before we carry on, but you mentioned that when you were studying, you, had, you physically went uh, to the university libraries and you dug through volumes stored in the basement in order to get access to some files that were abstracts on uh, clinical trials, etc. And that actually, as time went on, it was harder and harder to retrieve these, and the only volumes or tomes that you'd find in the library were the <laughs> things written by companies that wanted you to find this information because it was almost a, uh, a pay-to-play. Uh, yeah, books books that I read in the 1950s uh, by 1965 had disappeared, uh, and in the uh, I think it was uh, 1980s when they started uh, using computer uh, databases, uh, uh, the uh, old outgoing science librarian uh, was. Uh, in installing uh, the, the various uh, ways to access those databases. And she asked me to uh, uh, check how uh, reliable uh, the, the computers were. Uh, and I had been looking at the uh, print uh, version of biological and chemical uh, abstracts. Uh, and uh, I uh, gave her... Uh, several uh, specific references to articles uh, that I found on the paper version, and she couldn't find them on any of the computerized uh, databases. Uh, as soon as biological abstracts uh, went 
on, under the digital system, uh, someone was uh, improving it by deleting controversial subjects. And that was back when? In the 1980s, I think it was. Right. Well, I want to... Um, let, me, let me just first say this. You're listening to Ask Your Herb Doctor on KMD Garberville, 91.1 FM. From now until the end of the show, you're invited to call in with questions about this month's subject. Uh, the number is 707-923-3911. Dr. Raymond Pete, guest speaker. Uh, in the 1990s, I went back to the library and uh, asked what had happened to uh, the uh, tier on tier of, of volumes of uh, biological abstracts and chemical abstracts filled a, a large uh, part of the, the science library. Uh, and uh, they, they said that they had been put into storage. Uh, and I said, uh, so can I uh, have access to uh, some particular uh, year's uh, volumes? Uh, and they said, no, they're, they're in unlabeled boxes. Essentially, functionally, uh, they had burned a large part of the science library. Unbelievable. But, I mean, seeing what we're seeing now, I guess it um, was just, you know, it's an electronic normal. form. Of and it's probably been happening <laughs> for thousands of years in varying degrees and at varying times. Um, I just want to reference what the last caller called in to make a statement about. And... We totally believe love is all important everywhere and all the time. Um, I also want to mention that in 2005, Anthony Fauci promoted hydroxychloroquine as a cure to COVID. And <laughs> now you don't hear about very many cures for COVID like Losartan, Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, not to mention all the herbs that are very, very effective at treating flu coronavirus flus, and other flus. But it's just incredible how the narrative they give you is what they want to give you. Even the same person who did research that chloroquine is a potent inhibitor of SARS coronavirus infection and spread, in 2005, he doesn't want to talk about it now. And, in uh, fact, he didn't even I, want to, to talk I, I about it. I think it was in May of last year uh, that two of the most prestigious medical journals, uh, uh, Lancet was uh, the, the most uh, shocking. Uh, uh, just after Trump had mentioned uh, that he was recommending hydroxychloroquine uh, uh, for treating uh, uh, the, the virus, uh, these, both these journals rushed uh, to uh, print uh, an article uh, uh, that had just been uh, produced uh, uh, basing their study uh, on uh, a database of supposedly uh, 95,000 uh, cases uh, being a, a definitive and final uh, study supposedly showing that uh, uh, using hydroxychloroquine tremendously increased the death rate uh, from the virus, uh, and uh, when when someone uh, said, uh, uh, "Could could we have uh, information?"
information about this miraculous new da uh, database. Uh, they found that the company that supposedly uh, created it uh, uh, was uh, two or three people that had nothing to do with uh, uh, biological research. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I remember that article. It turned out that the whole 95,000 uh, cases uh, were made up out of thin air. Uh, and How long did it take the Lancet to retract? Uh, uh, when uh, people started pointing it out, the editor-in-chief said it's not my business to uh, make sure uh, uh, an article is true. <laughs> we, we have a caller, actually, Dr. Peter. Hold that thought there. Let's take this next caller. Caller, you're on the air. Where are you from? What's your question? Hi, I'm from Arizona, and my question is about childhood illnesses. When I was five or six years old, I had a very mild case of the chicken pox. My parents counted 12 pox. And some children had very severe cases of chickenpox, but now all children, or not all, but the vast majority of children are vaccinated. And I was wondering if um, society is actually harmed by not allowing children to have mild diseases like the chickenpox. Yeah, uh, yeah there, there's evidence that they are more likely to have cancer, for example, if they don't get chickenpox. Okay. Wow, and, and a link to uh, cancer without chickenpox. And now, can, can you can you elaborate people, on that? Older people are marketed the shingles vaccine. Sure. And I guess it only works for about five years before it wears off. Dr. Pete, how about uh, reactivated um, chickenpox and shingles in terms of uh, what the caller said about the vaccine not lasting too long? But uh, uh, yeah, if you keep your your body, your whole body is your immune system. If you keep it healthy with, for example, uh, adequate vitamin D and and calcium, uh, uh, and, and keeping uh, all of your uh, hormones away from the stress. Access, uh, uh, you aren't going to have those reactivations. Nicola, do you, do you have any other questions? Yeah, uh, lastly, on, a, on an old show, Dr. Pete, you mentioned a study that was done in Central America with three villages, and one village was fully vaccinated, another village was control, and the third village got clean water and a nutritional supplement. Is that you know, do you remember when that was done and who did it? Uh, yeah, that, that particular, it was a whole series of studies uh, over, uh, I guess, five or ten years. Uh, that particular article uh, was in uh, Nutrition Reviews. Uh, I read it in, in uh, the late 1970s. Is that when it was published in the late 1970s? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, I Wasn't have, uh, it a, a, a research study put out by the World Health Organization? Uh, it was uh, an organization uh, promoted, uh, organized under the World Health Organization. Okay. All right, thank you. Uh, I have a question. Thank you for your call. I have a question uh, related kind of to, to diet and nutrition and COVID and gen immune health in general. 
what do you think about artificial sweeteners, and specifically, what about xylitol? Hmm. Doctor Pete, xylitol as an artificial sweetener. Uh, anything that interferes with your uh, energy production, uh, especially oxidative energy uh, using glucose, uh, anything that uh, biases uh, against that kind of energy is going to uh, impair your uh, immune reactions. So you think the xylitol could be potentially immunosuppressive? Uh, the, the artificial sweeteners, uh, uh, I think some of them have been. Okay. I do, I do know with xylitol, there's been lots of published research to support its use in preventing dental caries. I have um, tried it on my children. And they do have, um, you know, as like a tooth gel, xylitol tooth gel or xylitol tooth powder. And I have noticed, just in case listeners are interested, that they report a stomach ache if they swallow any of the tooth gel or tooth powder. Dr. Pete, can you explain that with xylitol? I, I think it's from an interference with energy production properly from glucose. Okay, and Michael, did you have any other questions about diet related to No, immunity? no. I mean, I know there's a lot of different types of fake sweetener and xylitol is kind of an alcohol, whereas NutraSweet is a crazy protein and stuff, and just you, it's found hidden everywhere, and we're not the healthiest society, and I kind of wonder sometimes what's lurking in common industrial food. Exactly. Well, you and I know, Michael, that honey is, you know, nature's finest sweetener. Although there's a lot of honey contamination and pollution, too. I mean, honey's a whole interesting one, too. I mean, I mean if you, yeah, I guess if you have, have your own hive and you're in a balanced ecosystem, but that's I, that's another show we'll do together sometime on my show. Yes, <laughs> I look forward to it. Okay, so Dr. Pete, um, how, about, how about speaking to uh, what has been reported here that um, a, a British medical journal editor has looked at a very tiny amount of data released by Pfizer. And again, this is all about free reporting and free access to information rather than the channeling of only one type of information that prevents a free discourse and uh, neutrality because both sides can be heard. Um, that the vaccine is between 19 and 25, sorry, 19 and 29 percent effective and not uh, the 90 plus percent effectivity, you know, efficacy rates that um, they want to tell us that the, the vaccine is capable of. Uh, uh, yeah, and Pfizer released that microscopic amount of, of data which still gave away some of their secrets. Uh, they released it in the most favorable uh, cheerleading sort of way, I think, was the New England Journal of Medicine uh, that uh, the editor, who had no special knowledge about viruses or vaccines, uh, wrote an editorial praising it as uh, just uh, the, the greatest result in medicine 
and uh, uh, the, the uh, thing, things that uh, the, the Pfizer author said uh, were uh, uh, talking around the actual data which they're hiding the vast bulk of their data is secret. So the public has been trained to accept authority instead of science. People think they're listening to science when they are hearing very biased owner of a product say what they say is science, but it's nothing but authoritarian pronouncements. So, uh, if you don't let out the data that your statements are based on, they should be considered religious or philosophical opinion. Right. Absolutely not, nothing to do with science. Yeah, well, hence the, hence, very briefly, hence the separation of church and state. Uh, okay, so, um, well, I was going to ask you, um, okay, so, very, very briefly, just the thought of vaccine passports uh, as a control mechanism. I mean, I'm not too sure what is going on. Well, I do know, and I am completely sure, I'm very aware of what's going on here, but it just, uh, to most people listening, I will sound completely conspiratorial, but uh, sometimes those conspiracies are so embedded in the truth that they just seem completely unbelievable uh, because they're so fantastic in their, in their scope. But in terms of this uh, pandemic and the small numbers of people that have died and the majority, the greatest majority of people were just getting over it, some of them with hardly any symptoms, a lot of people uh, showing positive with no symptoms, a very, very small minority, unfortunately, of older or diseased individuals dying, but the numbers still seem to be pretty low. Um, the average lot... age of people dying uh, from supposedly COVID uh, is uh, very nearly exactly the same uh, as the total uh, average age of total death. Uh, so, which would mean that uh, the, the virus has essentially nothing uh, to do with the age of death. So, for those people who will hear this show, perhaps at some point, or who are listening to it now, um, regardless, regardless of the amount of fear you might be under, and the science that's showing you the numbers and how these numbers have been manipulated and the massive, massive financial and economic stress and calamity it's produced. And we're apparently just at the beginning of this next phase, folks, wake up. A uh, vaccine passport before you can move around and do business, that really sounds to me like the final nail in the coffin. That's, and that's the, what uh, they, they hope it is. But, yeah. uh, I, I think if more people... Uh, just look at the questioning uh, articles. Uh, there's a good article by Genevieve Briand of Johns Hopkins University. Uh, mm -hmm. Her article was censored as soon as uh, yeah. the authorities noticed it. 
Uh, and then there's another good article, Censorship uh, of Genevieve Briand. And we have yeah. one more caller uh, who's yeah, going to have we, to be super brief. We don't have time, I'm oh, afraid. Oh well. Okay. Uh, let me just thank you very much, uh, Dr. Pete. Okay. So I just want to round up the end of the show uh, by just making it very obvious that if you don't already recognize the fact that uh, the Constitution and the amendments uh, that we had protecting free speech and right to assembly, et cetera, et cetera, are rapidly eroding, and uh, we're going to see some rapidly accelerating um, desecration here. Um, I want to give out the fact that there is still plenty of hope because if, for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, um, there is truth is very self-evident, and I think you can only see the coming wrath uh, of domination and authoritarianism. Uh, beware. Uh, it's happened many times throughout history, and I think this is no exception. Uh, but at this point in time, uh, we are worldwide web connected, so I think everybody has had the opportunity to see it and hear it and collectively feel what's going on. Um, there are plenty of alternatives, as we've always mentioned, uh, to any complications of COVID even, and what is being pushed on us, I don't think at all, is a very uh, fair and scientifically uh, relevant uh, end game. Uh, but anyway, uh, it's the first show of this year, 2021. Uh, we'll see what 2021 brings. Uh, I wish those people who are listening Happy New Year. Uh, until February, although the February show may be cancelled, I've still yet to confirm dates going forward. But if we're not on the end of February, I don't think we've been pulled off by the powers that be, but you know, we're just simply not doing it. Uh, should be back in March if we don't do this again in February. So uh, thanks very much for listening. My name's Andrew Murray. My name is Sarah Murray, and one to end the show on a positive note, the day length is getting longer, and we are heading to spring. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for listening. Have a good night. Thank you. Good night. It's 7.59. This is Redwood Community Radio, KMUD Garberville, KMUE Eureka, KLAI Leightonville. And sorry, we can't take any callers. And if you call in at the very end and you want to talk to me, I'm not going to talk to you. And if you call me again and again and harass me, I, as an engineer, will never put you on the air again. I promise, I swear to God, I recognize your voice. Have a lovely evening. <laughs>